Hey, Fruitful and Fearless listeners, Jordan here. I wanted to let you guys know about something exciting that's happening for the month of September. A couple weeks ago, I went to our church's ladies book club and I went in and my friend Becky welcomed me and she was wearing a t-shirt that said a homemaker across the front. And I was like, what? I love that shirt. Where did you get it? And so anyways, we had the usual conversation that you have with someone that have a cute t-shirt on. And she let me know about this shop called Shop Reform Beauty. And they are doing a giveaway with us for the month of September and also offering our listeners a 10% off discount code. So I wanted to let you guys know a little bit about them. Shop Reform Beauty provides comfortable t-shirts that are scripturally sound and highlight church history. Their goal is to glorify God and keep scriptural truths as a foundation for every product available. They pray that something as simple as a t-shirt will lead to gospel conversations. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Shop Reform Beauty or visit the website www.shopreformbeauty.com. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Jordan and Lexi here. How's it going? Hello. How are you? Good. All right, okay. so we do have an icebreaker. So I am about to host a bunch of people. So I have been thinking about meals and food and all of that. So I thought I would ask, what are your favorite like large group hospitality type foods? Main dishes, okay. sides, desserts, drinks? Um, I think it probably depends on the time of year. If it's yeah. in the summertime, we almost always try to smoke something. If it's in the winter time, I try to do some, um, some sort of a soup that has both meat and beans in it, mm-hmm. because then if people show up last minute, I always have broth on hand. Mm-hmm. I don't always have like defrosted meat on hand though. So what I can easily do is make it larger with some extra beans and some extra broth, but still have meat and stuff in there. Okay. So I have a favorite like taco, uh, soup recipe that mm-hmm. I like to do because then you can pile on the cheese, the sour cream, the chips, and it just goes a little bit farther. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. What about dessert? Oh, I like to do, um, oh shoot. What are they called? Not funnel cakes. Never made the funnel cake. Um, <laughs> the round cakes. What are they called? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, Bunt cakes. <laughs> bunt cakes. There you go. <laughs> bunt cakes are super yeah, easy. Like yeah, yeah they I are, love. Easy. And they're always I the have, ones that I've made have always been moist and good. Yes, it's really easy. I do recently. I have started to pull out. Like, if people are showing up last minute, I have started to rely on my um, freezer storage of frozen cookie dough a lot more. Mm. So then, it's pretty common for me now to have like cakes and cookies, but mm-hmm. those are made like way in advance. I just kind of double, I double cookie dough almost anytime I make it and just freeze half of it. Yeah. Cool. And then you'll just bake them the day of. Yeah. So I'll just, yes. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I'll just cook them. If I feel like, ah, this is probably not enough. Yeah. So yeah. That's a good idea. I want to try that turtle cookie recipe that you posted the other day. Oh, Oh man, those are, those are so good. Are they? So try. good. 
So we're, I'll just say what we're doing for this get together. Um, so we're going to smoke chicken thighs. I did like a honey mustard marinade. So we're going to smoke chicken thighs. Mm -hmm. And then I, so I canned a ton of peaches last weekend and none of them sealed. (laughs) None of the jars sealed. So I don't know if I got bad lids or what, but it was so discouraging, but I was like, oh, well, I was making a giant peach gobbler this weekend. So I'm going to make a giant peach gobbler and homemade ice cream. I love making homemade ice cream for big groups because like I told you, get use the big one. Um, and you can make a large quantity of homemade ice cream. So even if people get like a large or a small serving of whatever dessert it is, they can have ice cream to go with it. And I'm actually going to make a couple strawberry pies too, which are those really easy ones. I, I boxed you about, but they're, they're like a jello. It's like jello and either cornstarch or arrowroot and strawberries and you do them in a pie crust. So they're super easy. And it makes two, which is like even better because it's the same. Yeah. You just make up one batch yeah. and you pour it into two pie shells. So I love that. What about sides? I do I do mac and cheese in the Instapot pretty frequently when I have a large. Yeah, I do mac and cheese. I have an herbed rice pilaf that I like to do a lot. So it's a little fancier than just like straight brown rice. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of potatoes. They can go pretty far, like, like potato fries. Oh, potato fries. Yeah. Yeah. Potato fries. Um, I, Brian loves mashed potatoes. I do make a lot of mashed potatoes mm-hmm. actually, but I don't usually make them when we're having guests because it's a labor intensive yeah. side dish for mm-hmm. me, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. sourdough. Yeah. I have a bunch of zucchini that I got at the farmer's market. So I'm also going to just like roast some zucchini, chunk them up, mm. put a bunch of seasonings yeah. in the oven. And cool. the wintertime that there's, I have a, that curried tomato soup that makes a gargantuan amount of soup. So if I have like a very <laughs> large group coming, I'll do that one. And it's a really good tomato soup. Do you usually make non to go with it or what do you do to go with it? Um, the last time I made it, it was at small group and I made the soup and then a couple other people brought grilled cheese. So we had grilled cheese and oh, that's a good idea. yeah, today I've been trying to do oh. two, sorry, I've been trying <laughs> to do two carbs. That was really hard for me to switch mm-hmm. when we have hospitality, like do two carbs mm. with your meat and your vegetables, fruit, whatever, just make sure you have two carbs that way. If someone doesn't like bread they can have potatoes. If they don't like potatoes, they can have bread. So there's lots of fillers. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a good idea. Okay. So a couple of you have written in recently and asked questions regarding challenges as it pertains to cooking, like, uh, you know, if finances are tight or if space is limited. So we're going to go over a couple of those today and try to come up with some ideas for you guys, um, overcoming kitchen challenges. So, uh, you want to do finances first? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've been thinking about this a lot. Okay. So how do you balance then like having good quality food for your family and then also not breaking the budget? You kind of posted about this recently. Yeah. I think you have to prioritize it in your budget in the sense of, so for example, next month we're getting our, our friend from our church, getting some pastured pork from them. Um, I just know because I'm paying for a large chunk of that at once. I'm pretty much making everything else homemade from scratch all month in order to offset the cost. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I've done is like 
buying meat in bulk really, 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 really offsets the cost. There were a couple of people on my recent post that actually said, I had never thought about meat in bulk before. (laughs) So that's totally an option out there. Um, Learn to butcher your own animals because that saves a lot of money too. Um, if you have a friend who is willing, who has a land and says, Hey, you want a portion of this pig? Sure. My husband and I would love to learn how to butcher a pig, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so we did that last year. I think, I don't know, for me, I just, I've just prioritized. I don't know. I've, I've started to really prioritize localism out of like a standard of Christian, really wanting to build Christian culture. And so because I have this like really deep thing I'm passionate about called Christian culture, I don't care about the cheese it so much anymore. I don't know mm-hmm. if that makes sense or not, mm-hmm. but, and as my husband and I talk about it a lot more, I just feel more passionate about really making this work for the people in my community. And so because of that, it makes it a lot easier to just say, no to the convenience items. I don't necessarily think this is helpful for everyone advice wise, but it's just really helped me stay on track budget wise. Yeah. So, um, also hunting, uh, if you have been hunts like deer, one deer, the tag is probably, I hope I don't say this wrong, but I'm thinking the tag is like $30 for a deer here. And, um, it will literally, if Jared gets a deer, it will literally, literally like fill our freezer. There's so much deer. Um, venison that we yeah. get off one deer. So, I mean, I know not all families can do that or have the locations to do yeah. that, but like, especially if you live in an area where you could even hunt public, like, I don't know, but Jared got a turkey for us this year. So like, that's our Thanksgiving dinner. And then the venison, like that's a ton, then he's going to go bear hunting and that's a ton of meat. So I don't know. I feel like that is a good way. If you're really wanting to like offset some costs, then that's, I mean, especially with things like a deer or a bigger animal, you can get a lot of meat. And then, like you said, cooking from scratch, thinking about food as ingredients and not finished products is always easier and cheaper to, well, I won't, I won't say easier because I know people disagree with that sometimes, but it is always cheaper to buy ingredients to make something than like the convenience finished product. So I think that helps financially. Too. I think that's the number one thing is I just have to be okay with making every single snack homemade. Yeah. And then, um, I'll also say if it really is a budget situation for you, then like sit down with your husband and think about like, what things can we start swapping out for, um, better quality products? Like for us at the beginning, when we started this journey, I knew that I wanted our milk. That was important to me, like our milk and our meat, um, to be a good quality. So, um, maybe just like starting out small and like figuring out where you can, you know, swap some budget items around so that you can, um, allocate some money into quality food and yeah. And decide which ones are most important for your family. Yeah. If, if I, if it was a big budget issue for me too, I think I could let go of almost everything else except raw milk. Yeah. Raw milk is a one thing I will always prioritize budget wise, Mm -hmm. especially when I have such little children in the home. Yeah. It's really such a shame that I cannot get raw milk. Every time oh, I, sorry, I forget, I, I know, forget. and I even checked when I was in Missouri and I still could not get it there. Yeah. I think it's helpful. Cause I was going to say, you can do the kefir, you can revitalize store-bought yeah. milk. Um, if, if you're wondering like budget wise, read nourishing traditions front to back, mm-hmm. because there's so many little tweaks in there you can yeah. do 
on cheaper food items. Like I was just learning that a lot of the vitamins in um, butter are actually left for whatever reason in that fat through the pasteurization process. Mm -hmm. I don't have raw butter near me, but I don't at all feel bad about buying Costco butter because I know those vitamins that are in there, my kids are still going to get them. I will feel happy, generously slathering their toast with that butter. So, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't have known that if I had a book, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the thing. Um, You need to learn what is important and why it's important. Yeah. Okay. So those are finance tips, I guess. Um, And then also like maybe don't go out to eat as often if you feel like you're, yeah, like we don't have enough money to buy quality food, but yet we go out to eat a few times a week. It's like, well, maybe don't go out to eat a few times a week and you would have an extra hundred dollars to put yes. towards quality food that will last you a lot. Yes. So that's just a little side note. We don't go out to eat hardly ever, but anyway, that will save a lot of money if you do. Now, how about space issues? Your kitchen's really small. Your pantry's really small. There's no room to like buy things in bulk. You feel like you don't have room to buy things in bulk or preserve and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think, I think people overlook their beds and their closets, Yeah, <laughs> like all of your furniture, almost all of my furniture this time of the year now has food shoved under. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anybody's hungry, go look yeah. under Lexi's couch. There might be some canned goods. Yeah, exactly. You'll find the spaghetti. Actually last <laughs> night when Brian, he was still in the kids, you so-and-so go pick up the books so-and-so pick up the toys so-and-so go pick up the squash put them back <laughs> I, was laughing. I was laughing but I just think we we forget like people had to do this without refrigerators back in the day what did they do what did they do mm-hmm. so I had really good luck last year um keeping all of our spaghetti squash under the beds upstairs they weren't even on the lowest level, which is usually the colder floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are still over a year later now, still eating those spaghetti squash. That is so cool. Yeah. So I made the mistake yeah. of putting my butternut squash in the refrigerator. Oh, and they rotted. So don't do that. Oh, I stuck okay. them in like the crisper drawer and I was like, oh, they'll keep longer in the refrigerator, but they did not. They rotted. Did you cure them in the sun? No, I just picked them and then put them in the refrigerator. Okay. That may be, I wonder if that has anything to do with it. I don't, I don't know how that affects long-term storage, but I know you're supposed to cure squash outside. I think it's for seven days. So you just like leave them in the sun for seven days. Yep. Yep. Just left them in the sun. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that was it. Okay. So, uh, Jared and I were talking about this because I was like, what did we do when we were in the trailer? We lived in a trailer for seven years. That was about a thousand square feet. Um, before we built our house and the pantry was literally like, I don't know, two feet wide and shelves going up. And we were talking about a lot of times, if you value, if you value like building a productive household, hospitality, all those things, and sometimes you have to sacrifice in other areas. And one area that you sometimes have to sacrifice is is like the aesthetic of your home. So, um, absolutely. Maybe, maybe instead of having like the most beautiful pantry, maybe you have like a corner of your bedroom that has a shelving unit in it and you have, um, some food there. Um, so yeah, just yep. thinking outside the box of like, okay, well, you know what? I do value this. So I'm going to put up some shelves in my bedroom or the living room or whatever you have to do. 
under beds, just thinking outside the box. It doesn't have to be in a pantry necessarily to store your food. Um, Three Rivers Homestead, she has a lot of good tips on like storing things throughout her house. I know she showed her, I guess it's like her kitchen or dining room area. And she just has like metal shelving all the way up with canned goods on it. So yeah, I think it doesn't have to be the ideal situation to start doing it. Um, so don't wait until you have the perfectly set up pantry or root cellar or whatever it is, just like jump in and make it work. Yeah. I think in terms of actual cooking space, because our first condo also really small. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. (laughs) Such a delay. Okay. okay. Your condo is really small. Yeah. Our condo was really small and we had two kids there. And we didn't have counter space was like the big issue. We were willing to bring in a lot of furniture that was, we essentially transitioned it to tiny house friendly, mm-hmm. but um, I didn't have a lot of counter space for cooking, which is really hard when you're like cooking mm-hmm. big meals and you're doing hospitality. So I use my washer and dryer top a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. And I've seen actually some people will just get a piece of wood. That's one solid piece that they can either put over a washer and dryer for, for like chopping space, prep space. Or even they'll put it over the um, uh, the sink, the mm-hmm. sink area. Yeah. Or your your stovetop too, if you want yeah. to. So yeah, just gotta get creative with it. Mm-hmm. We just put a um, shelving unit down in our basement in our. It's like a closet that has our mechanical room. I think it's what you call it. It has like a furnace in it. Furnace room. Okay. And our water heater and stuff. And I put a metal shelf down there just to put extra canned goods and stuff on. So, yeah, I think just looking at your house through the lens of like, where do I have a little nook and cranny that I could add some more stuff and maybe downsizing in other areas that maybe you don't need as much. Like what's something Mm -hmm. that you could swap out and it's like, well, we're really not using this right now. And then you could add some pantry storage there. Um, and then hospitality wise, we, whenever we were at our trailer, we just had a tiny little table that had two chairs at it and a high chair. Cause we sat ransom there. Um, so whenever we would do hospitality, cause we didn't even have like a dining room, it was a tiny kitchen and no dining room. So whenever we would do hospitality, it just had to be outside stuff. We would do it under our carport or out on the backyard area. So, um, and, but then also like, if you live in a place where you don't even have a yard, just think about like parks and outside places that you can that you could host if you don't have enough space in your house or if you don't have a yard like bring food and take it to the park oh yeah we've done that before totally or even your church building like I know we would be totally fine with that like if someone was like hey can we host a dinner I know that there's churches that I know ours would would be willing to let you let you set something up um okay so space finances Oh, no yard. How can you like do some growing of things with no yard? That one's trickier. Say it one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So the obstacle of not having a yard, like how could you make some stuff work and like do some self-sustainable thing practices, even when you don't have a yard to grow your own food? Um, Okay. 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 Well, first of all, there's lots of things you can grow inside. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there's like those cool tower things. I've never seen yeah. those. Yeah. But those are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think something I've realized is the more people in my community know that I'm really, I'm willing to take on large batches for food preservation, the more I find 
that people are saying, oh, hey, we have this windstorm. Do you want to come clear all the apples out of my yard? Mm-hmm. Or Perfect for applesauce. Yeah. <laughs> like, or in my life, I've just made it known to people and that you can do that without having a yard. Obviously you can just say, Hey, I love doing this. Yeah. Or recently someone just gave me a giant bag full of cucumbers. So yeah. I think, I think the more that you do tell people or let people know that you're into that kind of thing, um, the more that it comes about, or even if you have a neighbor who has an apple tree that they are not taking care of and you notice all the apples are on the ground and they're not doing anything with it, just knock on the door and be like, Hey, are you not using your apples? Because we would love to, if you don't want them. Um, and then, and then also like, if you don't have anything like that in your life, just partnering with farms and, um, going and, and just go to a local farmer and let them know that you would like to buy stuff in bulk or you would like to, um, even at our farmer's market, there are certain sellers that will sell like um, canning tomatoes, which means like overripe tomatoes. So you can get a box at a discounted price of like they're overripe something. So, yeah. which is great for canning. So um, you can talk to farmers at farmer's markets and things like that. I know there are even people that have done like um it's not called a subscription box, but like some kind of a ongoing partnership with a farmer where they will like have a box for you weekly of whatever they have in season at that point. And you just pay like a, you know, monthly amount or something. And you can go pick up a box a week. So um, that's a, always a idea as well. Asking them like at the end of the season too, uh, one of the farmers that I've worked with a lot, it is the end of his season for some of his fruit. And so I said, can you give me a bulk discount? And he said, sure, you can have like what's left on the tree. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you just have to be willing to do a little bit more work usually. Yeah. Um, and then I was also going to say, if you have a friend or um, fellow member of your church that has land, maybe asking them, hey, would you like to partner in a garden next summer? And then um, work together to have a garden, which I think would be super cool. So if anybody listening wants yeah. to like partner in a garden with me next year, I want yeah. to, because I think that would be cool to like share responsibilities and do a big garden. Yes. Yeah. I had someone offer me land once yeah. when they knew that we were trying to figure it out. Yeah. People are more than willing to see their land be used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So any other ideas? I just think with this, you have to be willing to be the one to create the community. If you want to see it and you don't have all the resources, you need to put some sort of a little event together then. So people, so you can become aware of what you even have access to, Mm -hmm. because I think that's the hardest thing is just lack of, because we're not dependent on local, um, local economies anymore. We don't even know what's around us. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you just got to be willing to poke around, ask questions. Yeah. Hey, how is your guys' uh, farmer's market thing going that you're doing at Refuge? Good. It's it's over for the summer. Or wait, maybe we've got one more week. Almost over. And then they're going to do like a Christmas one. Cool. So do a little break and then do a Christmas one. But it, it's pretty small. And part of why we were doing it is we didn't want to adhere to the, <laughs> the city's requirements or mm-hmm. like just COVID stuff, just mm-hmm. silly stuff. Um, and so it's kind of, it stayed kind of small because of that, but it's been so cool to just see what we have access to just within our church. I mean, it's awesome. I could probably, probably eat most of my food just from things people from my church have raised all summer long. That's awesome. Really so cool. it's just people from your church. 
and they will go, you guys go inside. Well, I think, I think she's open to having more people, but at least right now it was just people mm-hmm. from, um, our church. That's awesome. Do you sell stuff yeah. at it? Yeah, it was really fun. Um, I didn't because I didn't have as big, my, I was going to do dried medicinal herbs and flowers, but I just didn't have as much of a crop as I thought I would this year. So I didn't, I didn't do it, but it's yeah. honestly with how many kids or people are in our family, it's hard for me to produce enough yeah. for our family in addition. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. we might try to get a little bit more strategic. I've been actually considering like, um, putting together some sort of a, I don't, I don't know what. But next year, be like, you're the family that's in charge of the potatoes. You guys yeah. got the corn. You guys got the tomatoes. <laughs> that's a great idea. Because we're all trying to do this yeah. with a lot of variety on our land. Mm-hmm. But that just means we don't actually get enough quantity, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm just not sure how to organize that yet. So yeah, just like yeah. you till up your field, green right. beans. We'll see. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to do the larger swap. So if any of my... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or like pinto beans. Mm-hmm. I did like one meal's worth of pinto <laughs> yeah. beans. Okay. What was I thinking planting those yeah. for my family? <laughs> <laughs> and what yeah. you, you were saying, what about a, a, what, something swap? I want to try and organize a larder swap. Yeah. Okay. A larder swap so that I thought people knew what this was. Do you know what yeah, this is? No, no. Okay. Okay. Well, basically what you do is you take your excess of whatever you've preserved. Mm-hmm. You kind of hang out like in a garage sale type of a setting, I would say, where everyone has what they're willing to barter with mm-hmm. or to trade with. Mm-hmm. Um, so say for me, I have right now, I know that I'll have like an excess of pickles. So I'm willing to trade pickles. My other friend may have an excess of peach jam, but she may not have any pickles from that year. So we can trade. And it just helps. I feel like it really helps to build diversity in your food pantry closet Mm -hmm. without having to actually go out and buy something. That's awesome. Makes sense. Yes. I love it. That's cool. Yeah. So you guys going to do this? People do all sorts of stuff. They do like, um, people might, uh, this isn't necessarily what I'm interested in, but I've seen it where people will do like knit wool gloves is what they're trading Hmm. or, um, dried medicinal herbs where you can make your own recipes at home or, um, you know, cuts of meat or eggs, like whatever you have an excess of, I'm sure somebody is lacking in that. That's awesome. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, those are our ideas. If we think of more by the time this posts, we can add them in the comments. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Let us know what's helpful to you guys. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.